Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Open Forum Wednesday. Hello, everybody. Grant Napier with you on Listen App. We have got uh, matinee baseball. It's getaway day in the bigs. We've got the Browns saying that Deshaun Watson will start the preseason opener on Friday at Jacksonville. Do you see the photo of Marshawn Lynch's vehicle when he was arrested and charged with a DUI? You see that? I mean, you just can't make this up, right? The vehicle was without one tire and the other tire. Flat. 7.30 in the morning, Marshawn Lynch is arrested yesterday. And again, when you see the picture of the car, you're like, are you freaking kidding me or what? It's embarrassing. Driving without a tire. Now think about that for a minute. Okay? Think about that. Missing a tire with another one flat on the driver's side. The photos were from TMZ. You know, is TMZ literally like they get stuff that is unbelievable. They showed a picture of the car with the front left wheel sitting on the pavement and the other tire flat. Again, you just can't make this up. That's Marshawn Lynch. Driving in the curbs prior to the arrest. You think? I don't know. I've never really driven a car without a tire. Flat tire. I've driven a car with a flat tire. I've never driven a vehicle on a rim with absolutely no tire on it whatsoever. Again, he is facing charges of failure for refusing to surrender proof of security, unregistered vehicle, failure to drive in a travel lane. Yeah, I would think. Again, I've never done it before. I would think it's difficult to stay in your lane when you're driving on a rim and the other tire is flat. I would say that could be difficult. You know? What the hell do I know? Never done it before. I don't plan on doing it. 
Like, how would you even practice that? You walk into a tire shop and go, listen, I need you to do me a favor. I want to drive around the block. Can you do me a favor and take off the tire on the front left? Just take it off. Just the rim. And can you let the air out of the tire on the front right? Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, how much would that cost? Well, I'll tell you what, sir. No charge, because I want to see you drive the car on one rim and a flat tire. So we're just going to do it for free. Well, thank you very much. I'll give you a nice recommendation on my social media account. No problem. Again, this is the same guy that in 2008 had his driver's license revoked when he pleaded guilty to a hit and run charge. All right. Then four years after that, he was arrested for driving under the influence in Oakland. He later pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of reckless driving. I wonder what you, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that driving a vehicle on a rim and the other with a flat would be reckless driving? I don't know. Just asking. Here's the other thing. How does a tire just come off a rim? Like, you know, if you drive it along, does the tire just come off? Have you ever had a tire come off while you're driving? I haven't. I hope it never happens. Hasn't happened. I've blown out a tire on the highway. But not quite like that. By the way, the flat tire was the back left. So I got to be accurate here. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to talk about a tire that was flat when it, in actuality it wasn't flat. All right? So again, the front left rim shown in the picture, no tire. And again, police said that he was driving into curbs prior to the arrest. And this is the same Marshawn Lynch, by the way, that had just been hired by the Seattle Seahawks less than 24 hours, okay, before his arrest for special projects and et cetera. I got a project. Maybe he can get people to uh, learn how to put tires on the rims. Maybe he can do that, you know, instead of like worrying about Skittles, maybe he can go and get a machine that will put a tire onto the actual rim. That might be good for him. That would be a good special project. Amazing. All right. If you want to get in on the show today, you hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Again, day baseball, the uh, Padres leading the Giants 6-4. Yanks have scored two to take the lead in Seattle, uh, two to one. Keep you up to date as uh, we get you closer to uh, the real important month of baseball before the playoffs start. You got college football right around the corner. The NFL preseason games this weekend, uh, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, I believe Monday as well. The 49ers and the Packers. And there's been a lot of speculation on Deshaun Watson 
And whether he's going to start week one, he's not going to start week one. All right. I don't think there's any chance of him starting week one. Now, Roger Goodell appointed former New Jersey Attorney General Pete C. Harvey to hear the appeal. I don't know why Roger Goodell couldn't just hear it and say, hey, you're suspended indefinitely. Right. He had the power to do that. Why did he not do that? Now you got to play games and we got to go through another delay and we got to wait until this individual decides on the suspension. Now, part of the deal in the National Football League, when there is an appeal, the appeals process in the collective bargaining agreement calls for it to be expedited. Now, who the hell knows in the National Football League what expedited means? All right. It certainly wasn't expedited with Sue Robinson, although that was not an appeal. That was the initial ruling. But Goodell wants a full year suspension for Deshaun Watson. And I would have to believe that in this particular case, the individual that is hearing the appeal, okay, which would be Harvey, is not going to wait until after the season begins. I just don't think that's realistic. Okay. So I believe, and, and, and here's the other deal. Like how long does it take to go through all the information? All right. Seriously. Like this is what this guy does. All right. He's the former New Jersey attorney general. I, it's not going to take him that long to make his decision. In my opinion. It's just not. I do not see Watson playing week one. As a matter of fact, I think he will be suspended for the whole year. It is very clear what the NFL wants. But if he's not suspended for the whole year, then Goodell has made a big blunder here because he could have handled this as the commissioner. He didn't have to appoint Peter Harvey to hear the appeal. Goodell could have done it himself. And again, yesterday, he called the quarterback's actions egregious, predatory behavior. Okay? And it's very clear what the NFL wants here. There's no mystery. The National Football League does not want Deshaun Watson on the field. Now, he's going to be on the field in preseason as he will play on Friday against the Jaguars. And what about the Browns here? I mean, what a bad look this is for the Cleveland Browns. The whole thing is awful. It really is. The whole thing is terrible. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Remember, open forum Wednesday, you hit your hand icon. We'll put you right up on stage with me. And we welcome in Ryan here in Sacktown. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Doing today? great. How about you, Grant? I'm doing well. Have you ever driven a car without a tire? Uh, for about two or three seconds, because I recognize the tire blue. But it wasn't completely off the rim, correct? Well, it, it can come off, but when you're inebriated, you're you're not even paying attention to that. I mean, it, it can happen okay. quickly. Uh, All right. Well, you being a Seahawks, you being a, a a Seahawks fan, I just was curious. You know, if you ever had a similar experience to uh, what Marshawn Lynch allegedly went through in Las Vegas. 
Uh, I can answer that pretty easily. I've never been inebriated at 725 in the morning driving a car. So that, that would be the first okay. answer well, that's to the good question. To hear. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. You know, it's open forum Wednesday and uh, I got oh, to take boy. a little guy to Taekwondo here tonight. So I had to come on early. Okay. Grant, what were your favorite games playing or favorite games to play growing up as a kid? Uh, probably street football, uh, and stickball. We used to love playing stickball and used to have phenomenal, phenomenal games. A lot of times it would be one-on-one, sometimes two-on-two. Uh, but as a kid, and I'm talking about in grade school, it would be street football right? or on someone's yard. But a lot of times we play in the street uh, and stickball. Those were probably uh, my two favorite sports to play as a kid. You know, I would say, you know, in the ages of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Well, I'm glad you actually did it instead of on a uh, video game council. But uh, do you ever do Mad Libs? No. You've never done Mad Libs? All no. right. I don't believe I well, have. Welcome, I don't even, welcome refer, to the... What we, go, ahead. go ahead. Refresh my memory on Mad Libs. It's where you put adjectives, nouns, different... Yeah. Oh. Into... Yeah, okay. okay. So... Yes, uh, I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're, we're going to play a quick game here. The first one for you is the hardest time I had to bite my tongue during a broadcast was. Wow. You're talking about play-by-play or doing my radio show? Play-by-play. Um, when I had to bite my tongue doing play-by-play you can go radio if that's easier well yeah because you know when i was doing the games there weren't a lot of things that would occur during the course of the game that i had to bite my tongue because it's a visual medium and my my job doing play-by-play is to describe the action going on the floor so I can't recollect as far as doing my radio show, there were times when I would have to uh, bite my tongue. I mean, anyone that knows my dual role as play-by-play announcer for a professional sport like the NBA in a market like Sacramento, and on top of that, being on radio for 26 years, there are times when I would have to uh, bite my tongue. Quite frankly, Ryan, there isn't one particular instance that uh, stands out more than others. Uh, it's, it's a great question, but I don't have anything that just pops up to my mind. I think I've shared with you that, you know, there were times when I had players get upset at me for saying certain things on the radio, but... They would also come up to me and talk right. to me about it, including Chris Weber, by the way, when he played uh, with the Kings. Uh, but I mean, I didn't really bite my tongue that much in terms of holding back. Maybe, maybe at the beginning of the potential movement 
to Anaheim by the Maloofs. Uh, maybe bit my tongue a little bit then. But quite frankly, Ryan, nothing really pops out in my mind where I'm like, oh, yeah, I couldn't say anything then. I absolutely couldn't say anything. Now, I would also say I knew of trades that were going to happen before they occurred. But it was completely 100% off the record. And I knew that if I had gone on the air and broken the news, I would have been, you know, I would have had some people pissed off at me. So maybe that would be an example. But that, you know, people don't really care about that. I didn't really bite my tongue that much. Well, people didn't know about that either, right? That's correct. I mean, reports are reports. So, uh, no, I, I think you've made a great career out of, you know, just being completely transparent and, you know, saying what you feel. So I, that's why I asked the question. I, I wanted to know if there was one that really stuck out to you where it's like, I want to let loose on this person, but I can't do it because I'm going to, you know, get repercussions for doing so. Okay, let's move on to number two. The most exciting moment I have ever called broadcasting is. Um, ever, I would say probably. I would say probably game three of the King Sonic series in 1996. To me, that always stands out as one of the most exciting atmospheres uh, that I've ever experienced. In all my years of announcing in the NBA, I'll never forget that. In terms of a moment, um, you know, I didn't do the play-by-play for the Bibby shot. I was on with Gary Gerald doing color. Uh, you know, the, the game that you and I discussed last week of my play-by-play in Dallas for that playoff game where I was on radio by myself, you know, always stands out to me. Right. I've always thought that that game was right up there. You have to understand, too, and I think you do. But in 32 years, I was blessed to announce a lot of big moments. And there was really you would not find. And this wasn't a moment. It was moments of doing the game. I think it was 2017. Don't nail me on that. When Clay Thompson scored 37 points in the third quarter. And I mean, to this day. That's the most fascinating thing I've ever witnessed while announcing a game, any game, anywhere, 37 points in one quarter of basketball, that particular stretch of 12 minutes in game action and probably 30 minutes in real time. I don't, I've never quite experienced anything like that. Grant, it's really funny because I went back and I watched your calls and I watched the Warriors broadcast team calls of that. And your calls were 10 times better. The emotion you brought to that because of the significance of the moment was way different than what the Warriors broadcasters brought. Well, you know, I don't like talking about the games that I've done in my work. I would just say what made me really proud about that game is how many Warrior fans complimented me after the game, both in person via the radio show and on social media. And that meant a lot to me because I've always tried to be objective when I'm announcing a game. Everyone knows that I want the Kings to win. I mean, all local announcers want their teams to win. But that was that for me was validation that I did my job well when I got complimented 
by so many Golden State Warrior fans. And they reached out to me with a, with respect. And I'll never forget that. So thank you for saying that because that stood out to me as well. Yeah, it was it, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, you know that. Okay, we're going to move on to the next one. Got a couple more for you. It's going to be more of a fun one. You are a blank if you eat a steak. Well done. Uh, I am very unhappy. <laughs> I, I, I am very unhappy if I eat a steak well done. I won't eat a steak well done. I just won't eat it. Or You can't um, do it. Or yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I might, I might take one bite just to see, but no, I'm not... I eat my all. I eat my steaks medium. I can eat medium rare. I can even eat medium well if it's overcooked. But well done, no, can't do it. I'd rather just have a salad, or or give me something else. You give me a steak well done. I'm not eating it. Just not doing it. Or a leather shoe with a or le- or a leather shoe. Absolutely, or a leather shoe. Absolutely correct. Or you know, I can go back and look at where Marshawn Lynch's tire is that fell off his car and take a bite of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, probably wouldn't taste as good. I'll take the leather shoe over the tire, but... Yeah, good point. (laughs) Okay, if I could change one thing in sports, what would it be? Guaranteed contracts. I'd get rid of them all. You talking about the one years? Yep, I'm talking... uh, Oh, excuse me. Multi-year contracts. Correct. Not guaranteed. I, I said that wrong. I would get rid of multi-year contracts. All contracts in sports would be one year. So thank you for correcting me. I made a mistake there. I would get rid of multi-year contracts. Every contract for an athlete in professional sports would be one year. Especially in the NBA. I would get rid of multi-year contracts. All of them. Get rid of them all. Well, don't you think MLB is kind of the problem there? Yes, I do think MLB is a problem. I would get rid of them too, particularly the long to 10-year contracts, which I think are absurd, whether you're talking about Albert Pujols or you're talking about Alex Rodriguez or we can go on and on. I would, If I owned a team, now we're talking about this, I'm talking about Aaron Judge, okay? If I'm the owner of the New York Yankees and I know full well what Aaron Judge means to my team and the marketing and everything else, I'm not giving him a 10-year deal. And if he gets a 10-year deal, I'm going to wish him well and I'm going to say so long. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to make the Yankees a World Series winner, not contender, a winner, because I'm going to take that four hundred million dollars and I'm going to go out and I'm going to get myself three really good frontline pitchers. And I'm going to win the American League and win the World Series because I spent my money wisely. I am not giving a 10 year, three hundred fifty, four hundred million dollar deal to any individual, period. Not doing it. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it, we're we're going to see a new precedent when Soto gets his contract in San Diego. That's right. It, it, it's That's it's going to be nuts. Okay, so uh, this is going to be a double. So make sure you listen carefully. My favorite place to travel is, and my favorite meal outside of where I live is what. My favorite place to travel is Thailand. And my favorite place to have a meal outside of where I live is Italy. I, I, I knew that's why we mesh. You got, you got an Italiano here. You got a brother. So. Hey, you know what is interesting? I was, at a, uh, I was out with my good buddy, 
who, by the way, is coming on my podcast Friday, Eric Hasseltine. And Eric Hasseltine is uh, the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. So we went to a really cool uh, place in Miami. It's called Nikki Beach. And anyone that goes to Miami, Nikki Beach on Sunday is the place to be in Miami. It's on South Beach. They have a great brunch. It's an incredible electric atmosphere. It's just fun. It's outside, obviously. And uh, so uh, the waiter we started talking to, and I said, where are you? And he goes, well, I was born in St. Petersburg. And he goes, but I grew up in Venice. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I go, Venice. He goes, yep, I grew up there. I was born in St. Petersburg, but I uh, Russia, but I grew up in Venice. And I'm like, oh, Venice is truly one of the most magical places on earth. And we started talking about that, and it brought back memories. So I will tell you, had I not just been speaking with a gentleman who grew up in Venice, I may have answered the back part of that question a little bit differently. <laughs> but Thailand and to eat Italy. There you go. That's not a bad combination, right? It's a great combination. Are you freaking kidding yeah. me? Um so, you know, we grew up and cut me off. I'm taking too much time, but we grew up when my grandma would do a monthly meal for the entire family. She would spend days preparing it. And it was disrespectful if you did not try everything that she cooked. And you know, Italian food. Oh, I've yeah. been in trouble. You know, Italian food. It yep. is rich, especially if pasta is made from scratch. Yes. So I'm going to ask you a more important question. Red sauce. Or white sauce? Oh, red sauce. I don't do white sauce. I don't do it. You don't do matter white fact, sauce? I do not. Matter of fact, uh, they were making fresh pasta uh, Alfredo uh, at Nikki Beach, and I didn't have any. I go, no, I can't do that. I can only do red sauce. Yeah, I don't do I, I do. My favorite what? is meat sauce, you know, bolognese. Uh, to, oh, yeah. But, but, but I will not do uh, – no, I only do red sauce on my pasta. Absolutely. What do you have against white sauce? I don't care for it. I just don't really – it doesn't do anything for me. I – I mean, I can eat it, but it's like, no, nah, I want the red sauce. I always, always do red sauce on my pasta, 100% of the time. Not 98, not 99, but 100% of the time. <laughs> so you got to try a carbonara. That might change your point of view. Have you ever, have you ever had a carbonara? Okay. I have not, no. Okay, try a carbonara. It's got a little bit more garlic in it. Uh, the one thing that I will not do, Italian-wise, is the ricotta cheese in lasagna. Got to go. Terrible idea. Worst okay. thing ever. All right. I'm okay with that. Um, by the way, the food in Italy is so remarkable. Have you been to Italy? I have not. I've really wanted to go. Okay. We're uh, northern. So that's that's kind of our next plan in terms of doing a trip or our dream trip, I should say. You know how it, you, you kind of look at people and you go, you know what? That is so stupid when they say, well, you know, Italian food tastes better in Italy than it does in America and blah, blah, blah. Or Thai food tastes better in Thailand than it does in America or whatever. But it's true. The, the Italian food in Italy is unlike anything I've ever had anywhere in the world. And I'm blessed. I've been blessed to travel pretty much around the world. And I've had Italian food in a lot of countries around the world, but you just can't touch it in Italy. I mean, it's just head and shoulders above any other Italian food I've ever had. It is absolutely spectacular from the pizzas down to the homemade pastas, the sauce, the lasagna, everything else. It's absolutely unbelievable. Just like I will say this, my favorite cold soup is gazpacho soup. I love gazpacho soup. Mm. If you go to Spain and have the gazpacho soup, it tastes different than any gazpacho soup that you can make in your kitchen or have made in New York 
or anywhere else around the world. I say New York because of Little Italy and all the Italian heritage there. But excuse me, the Spanish heritage and the same in California with the Hispanic heritage from Mexico, because I've been to Mexico and they have very good gazpacho soup, too. But I would tell you this. It's not like it is in Spain. Okay, the gazpacho soup in Spain is unlike anything I've ever tasted in my life. And when I go to Spain, I will literally have gazpacho soup at least twice a day, minimum twice a day. (laughs) So uh, I am a fan of it as well. I think it's excellent. Uh, My my food horizons were opened when I married my wife. I learned new different things because she is Hispanic and the authentic food is just authentic, but it's funny because a lot of my friends that I've spoken with that have been to Italy, Italian food here is not like Italian food there per se. There's a lot of differences. Pizza usually doesn't have a red sauce on it. It's usually just olive oil. So uh, I really hope someday I can experience that authentic feel and uh, do that. But no, you're spot on about that, Grant. Awesome. Hey, listen, uh, have a good time with your son in Taekwondo, and we'll talk to you later. Yep, he'll be kicking me in the groin by about 7 o'clock tonight, practicing (laughs) his moves. Lucky you. Yeah. (laughs) All right, bud. Talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here. And uh, we always love to be able to talk to uh, Ryan, and we move right on to uh, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are you today? Good, good. How are you, Grant? Good, buddy. What's happening today? Well, I had a lot of things to talk about, but, you know, I'm Italian. Ercolini, we even have a restaurant there uh, between Florence and Pisa. Uh, the, uh, my wow. my uh, relatives, it's called Hotel Ercolini Isavi. It's in, Mon- in Montecate, wow. true Italy. You got to try it sometime. But anyway, I'm a big crab Chapino. I'm a Chapino fan. How about you? No, I, I don't. Not my cup of tea. Um, not like my cup of tea. No, but I'm a red sauce guy too. I, you know. There you go. Italian sausage. But anyways, hey, I was. I had a couple of things. You know, the NFL. I I knew you talked about it a little bit in the intro. I mean, why did they go through the charade of this 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 judge for? And then she comes in with six games. And leave it in their hands. Now, you know, now the the commissioner is saying, you know, basically, no way in hell. He wants uh, a year. He wants him suspended immediately. I mean, what asinine deal is that? The NFL is following the protocol that's put forth by the by the collective bargaining agreement. That's fine, and I'm okay with that. However, upon appeal, which the NFL has a right to do, the commissioner himself can make himself the man that decides the appeal. And in this case, Goodell did not do it because he has caved in to the pressure from the players union and those that support Watson. He's, he's basically removing himself from the equation. That's what he's doing. He's basically saying if Deshaun Watson is suspended for a year, the detractors and those that don't like it, he can say, I agree with the decision, but I didn't make the decision. If he makes the decision, then 100% of the responsibility falls on his shoulder. And to me, my opinion, he's passing the buck. That's what he's doing. My opinion. Right. right. So he can't be claimed 
he's a racist or something like that. Probably. I don't think I don't, I don't think Roger Goodell is worried about being called a racist. I mean, he clearly is not a racist. OK, I, I, I don't think that's part of the right. equation. I don't think race from Roger Goodell's well, perspective unfair. Unfair. is factoring into this. Now, I may be wrong, but I don't think so. Okay. Another thing, I I looked up uh, Lynch's the net worth. You know what it is, don't you? I don't know. I have not looked it up. Thirty-four million, and you can't afford a Uber, and you got a thirty-four million net worth. I mean, it's it's not about it's not about not being able to afford. It's about having a drinking <laughs> problem. Okay. He did, and right. and as I use the example of Ty Lawson, when I think it was Ty's agent that upon getting ready to sign with Sacramento oh. said, "Hey, just so you know." We've arrived for, you know, uh, private transportation. He won't be driving. And I believe the individual said, I'm not really worried about driving. I don't think he has a problem driving. I think he has a problem with drinking. Oh, boy. Right. Yeah, I see. Hey, the last thing I got for you, a little trivia. I know it's open for Wednesday. We talked about Vin Scully uh, last week and everything. But here's a question for you. Who was on the call with him when he called the Montana to Clark the catch? Who was? I think it was Hank Stram. I think oh, it was Hank Stram. You got, you got it. He was, he, Hank Stram was the color analyst. I thought I was gonna stump. I thought I was gonna but, stump you, Don. Got it. <laughs> it's one of the one of the most uh, historic plays in the history of the National Football League. You really think I'm not gonna know who's announcing the game? Come on now. No, I didn't. Well, I didn't know if you would know who the color analyst was. Oh, yeah, of course. Hank Stram. Yep. That was a great, good answer. Good answer. All right, Grant, you have a hell of a day. Hey, have a great afternoon. You take All care. Right. Bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls on this open forum Wednesday with Waggus. Waggus, what's going on? It's good to hear from you today. Uh, good to be on, Grant. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I, I it's open forums. So I wanted to ask you something. But before that, I just wanted to comment one thing. I just don't know how Roger Goodell, think about that word, predatory. I just don't know how he can say that and then still let Deshaun play in the NFL. Because I look at it like this. If my boss had to tell our customers that, well, Waukesha's behaviors was predatory in this last year, and we're going to go and suspend him only for a few weeks or a year, and then he's going to be back. I, I just don't know how he can make that statement. And then still, Deshaun Watson, even after a year, gets to play because I think if he truly believes that, then then he's gotta then he's gotta send a message. What do you well, think about? Well, not 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 only not only did he say egregious and predatory behavior, but I believe those were the words in Sue Robinson's report in her sixteen-page report as well. I don't think there's anyone that can look at Deshaun Watson and look themselves in the mirror and say that he wasn't a predator on masseuses, all right? He obviously was a predator on massage therapists. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He just paid off 23 of 24 massage therapists, all right, from civil suits. And there are others. He clearly was a predator of massage therapists. I don't even think that's debatable. So I understand where you're coming from. Pro sports is not the real world. You and I would not have a job. I would wager to say that every single person on this app and people that listen to this show after it's live would not have a job. Uh, I would even think that if you're self-employed, okay, and have your own business and you are your only, you're a sole proprietor, I believe your business would fail upon 
the 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 accusations that became public, your your business would not succeed. Nobody would do business with you. So I agree with you. Yeah, and and it's incredibly disappointing and to see a a, a person like that, an NFL star, you know, that has everything in his pocket to do something like that. I yep. yeah. So uh, getting to open form. Um, so. Okay, I was actually thinking about this. I wanted to ask you about a week ago, but 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 I don't know if I should, but I'm just going to ask it. If the Kings this year or any of the other years make the playoffs, would you come and attend a game? No. I'll never go to another game. Never go to a Kings game or never? No. I'll never go to another Kings game. I will never walk into that building again. What if they win the championship? Will you be at the parade or no? No. Wow. Well, that would be no. Uh, okay. Well, that would be incredibly sad as well. So I, you know, part of me does understand it, but I think the other part is that, you know, you know, Grant overall. Okay. And, and, and you can believe me or not, but overall people don't consider you a racist in this community. Now I know that there might be some few people that, but overall the consensus was like even the people that disagreed with it, they never went this far to say Grant is a racist uh, or anything like that. So I think I think it would be incredibly sad. Well, I really appreciate that. And I know that to be true. I also have been very open and transparent about this. Uh, almost, almost every single friend that I have in South Florida, and I did a podcast on this. I've actually done two podcasts on this. One, I believe, was I, I shouldn't say the episode number because I may be wrong. I can't remember. But it was back in January of 2020. I did an entire podcast on this. 90, all, I'll just put it right out there. All but two of my friends in South Florida are people of color. Some are black. Some are African-American. Right. Some are from Panama and consider themselves Latin, but a black Latin. Uh, so I'm, I'm just putting it out there because these are all the discussions that we've had. And I've probably become friends with mm, 15 people of color in South Florida that I socialize with on a regular basis, that I'm in contact with on a regular basis, and then probably 10 others that I am not in contact on a regular basis, but I've sat down and had these conversations with. So figure between 20 and 25 people, okay? Not one of these individuals knew anything about me before we started the conversation. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know my background. They didn't know anything about me. Of the 20 to 25 that we then had these long, engaging conversations, only one had a problem with me saying all lives matter, every single one. Not one other person had any problem with me saying all lives matter, every single one. I'll tell you something else I learned, which was very interesting. I spoke to all of these people about Black Lives Matter. And you know that most of them, not all of them, told me they don't want anything to do with Black Lives Matter. And they're embarrassed about Black Lives Matter. And they don't want it associated with them in any way, shape, or form. And that was eye-opening for me to have those conversations. So as far as what I said, I don't have any problem at all 
putting my head on the pillow at night. I have no problem putting my head on the pillow at night. I never have had any problem putting my head on the pillow at night. I know what I stand for. I know how I was raised. I know what my, and again, not to go off on a tangent here, the first principle in my religion, which has seven principles, actually now has eight, one was added, is the number one principle for the Unitarian Universalist religion is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. You could also say that means all lives matter. That's how I was raised. That's what I believe in, okay? When you say all lives matter, every single one, doesn't mean you don't believe that black lives matter. Doesn't mean that at all. Doesn't mean that you don't believe that Jewish lives matter. Doesn't mean that, you know, Catholic lives don't matter. Doesn't mean that you believe Asian lives don't matter. No, the six words are extremely concise and clear. All lives matter, every single one. That's not left for interpretation. You can't interpret six words, all lives matter, every single one, and say, well, gee, Grant really doesn't mean black lives. Well, wait a minute. Yes, I do. All lives matter, every single one. So I really appreciate you saying that. I know how the Sacramento community feels about me, with the exception of a handful. I get that. I still receive messages from people every day. I look at the comments that people leave me on YouTube. I look at the comments that people still leave for me on all my social media accounts. I appreciate you saying that, but I, as I sit here on August 10th of 2022, I don't see myself ever going to a Kings game again. I don't ever see it. I, I, and it, and if it, could I change my mind tomorrow? Yes, I'm leaving the door open. Could I change my mind next year? Yes, I could change my mind. But I would also say this. There are a couple of individuals that need to apologize to me for me to set foot in that arena. Yeah. And until that happens, you will never see me in that arena ever again. Yeah. And, you know, the, the very first podcast that I listened to you, um, I, I think it was in October of 2020. Or, no, September of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. And um, you you said something along the lines of, you know, before you start judge somebody's statement, right, you have to peel back layers, right? So I always look at it like this, you know, words can be said, but what were the context? Now, if you go and look at the entire tweet, you know, it's, I mean, like you start off the tweet, hey, how are you? I thought you forgot about me. That doesn't sound like a person who's trying to say something racist. What I'm saying is, is that let's just say that if there was a Black Lives Matter protest going on, right? And, you know, something had happened and they're doing a protest. And then over there, you're the only single person basically, you know, you know, with a full face of anger, saying something like that, or, you know, kind of counterpart. That's different than responding uh, to a tweet. So context is very important. And like, but yeah, it's just, you know, I, I actually blame your employer, number one, because, you know, not only it's one thing to let you go, but it's another thing that the statement that they fucking put, I'm sorry, the statement that they put out there. <laughs> you can say whatever you want on this app. You can say fucking, you can say whatever you want. This is listen app. You can go with that. You know, I mean, that's why I have a federal, that's why I have a lawsuit in federal court against Bonneville International, because they're the most hypocritical company that you could be owned by the Mormon church, owned by the church of the Latter-day Saints. And they're firing me because I said all I lives know. matter, every single one. What they did is they used me as a, a scapegoat, as a sacrificial lamb. They were basically scapegoat. saying, oh, wow. Hey, Black Lives Matter people, look, 
Don't come after us. We just fired the guy that said all lives matter, every single one. See, we're on your side. We support you. What a bunch of bullshit that is. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's just laughable. Yeah. It's a, it's disgraceful. Yeah. If, if they would have came out and said something like this, like we have spoken to Rand, we've known Rand for all these years. That's not what he meant by it. Uh, Grand is apologetic, as you can see by his second or third tweet, because I think you tweeted out after that. Yes. Yeah. And then you would have yes. gone on the air the Absolutely. next day and you would have said, guys, that's not what Great. I meant. And if anybody took it that way, I apologize. And well, here's something else. Yeah. If you go back, if you really want to yeah. go back and look at my tweets the week prior, okay, which nobody did. Bonneville didn't do this. Nobody's done this. Go back and yeah. look at my tweets after George Floyd was murdered on the street in Minneapolis. Go look at my tweets between yep. that day that George Floyd was murdered until the time that I put out All Lives Matter, every single one. Look at what I put out on social media in the week leading up to my All Lives Matter, every single one tweet. I was supportive. I was sympathetic. I put out comments from people that were leaving tweets about how awful and how we need. I was 100% supportive yep. with my own comments, my own likes, my own retweets, but no one wants to talk about that. Nobody wants, everybody wants to ignore that. Yeah. yeah and the, the reason why, you know, this bothers, I guess, you know, obviously listening to all these years, that's, that's one thing, but you know, I don't think I would ever talk to you before in my life because I didn't have the courage to call you. But, um, you know, like it's a tragedy what happened. I, I really do believe that a person should not be judged on three words over a 30 year period. I, it's just it, so I'll just leave right. that. But and Adam Silver, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, one year after I lost my job, said basically yep. the exact same thing about the Rachel Nichols situation. And he said almost verbatim yes. what you just said. But you know what? I didn't hear from Adam Silver. I didn't hear from Adam Silver. I didn't hear from anybody in the NBA. They ignored me. They just they just canceled me. And when I mean they canceled me, they didn't yeah. come to my support. Adam Silver didn't say that. Adam Silver didn't say, you know what? An individual's life should not be turned upside down over a few words. Okay. And and Adam Silver also, when Rachel Nichols went through everything at ESPN, he said a person's body of work should be examined before rushing to judgment. Yeah. Nobody did that for me. Nobody wanted to look at my foundation. Again, I've put over 100 at need underprivileged students through college, over 100. Oh, and by the way, we yeah. mentor our students beginning in 10th grade. Oh, and by the way, and I don't like to keep score because I don't like to put people in different groups. I never have and I never will, but the majority of our students were minorities. They were Asian, yep. they were Hispanic, they were black. And then, oh yeah, we did have some white students. But again, nobody yeah. wants to look at that. Everyone panicked and rushed to judgment and that's where we're at. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, that, you know, you were just like, because they just caved into the pressure. Bon um, is that their name? Bonneville? Bonneville International, yes. Yeah, so I, I really hope you get every, well, yeah, I really hope you get every penny out of them, but more importantly, I hope that they're, you know, uh, maybe write something publicly that apologizes, uh, you know, for the rush to judgment. That's something correct. like that. That's exactly right. I want my name, I want my name vindicated. I want my yeah. name cleared. I want 
I want, that's exactly what I want. Do I want to be compensated? Yeah, it's cost me a lot of money. I would be lying if I sat here and told you otherwise, but I want to be vindicated. I want my name cleared. And that's why I decided to file suit in federal district court. And so that's what we're doing. And that's what we did. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, Wow. Wags. Yeah. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. I just, oh, there. Yep. Now you got that. Okay. Go ahead, okay. buddy. Sorry. sorry. So, you know, it's just sad because when the Kings do come back, I'm hoping one day to do, cause I'm a big fan, as you know, and if they do, it would be sad that you, you wouldn't be there because, cause you were. Well, I'm going to put you back in the audience. You're breaking up. I will not be there. So I wasn't there for the final visit to Arco Arena, which is currently being torn down. Uh, I wasn't there. I had no interest and no desire uh, to go there. And I can pre- I can tell you that as I talk to you on this day of 2022, that's not going to happen. So, and and by the way, I would also make sure that this is very clear. I will be ecstatic. Okay, for the Sacramento Kings fans like you and Ryan and so many others. Okay, I will have great joy for your pain and suffering as a sports fan rooting for this crappy organization all of these years. Okay, I will be delighted for each and every one of you, but I won't be sharing in your enjoyment if that makes sense. I'll be happy for you. I will be genuinely happy for you, but I won't be sharing in your happiness if that makes sense. All right. All right. We got Waggus back, so let's get to him. Waggus, go ahead, buddy. I hope we have you here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Man, I hate to do this. Your, your call today is just spot on, but unfortunately, we have bad connection. So uh, I appreciate that. We can have an open forum Thursday tomorrow if you want to uh, pick this up. But Again, for the Kings fans that have been so loyal and for those that have listened to me for decades on the airwaves in Sacramento, you'll always be, I'll always have a bond with you, always. And I will share, uh, when I mean share, I will be genuinely happy for you. I will be so ecstatic when this team someday becomes good again. But as I sit here today, I won't be a part of that. All right. And I won't be at a game and I won't be anywhere near that arena. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As I sit here today, you know, I would like to be able also to say I'm entitled to change my opinion based on circumstances that may change but no absolutely not all right if you want to come on the program today uh just raise your hand and we'll get you right on i love this format when we can talk about these things i think it's fabulous i love it great stuff all right why don't we get to antonio right here on listen up hey antonio hey grant how you doing how are you buddy Good. Hey, Grant, I want to take you down memory lane and I wanted to ask you, um, well, I want to ask you two quick questions. Um, if, you know, Tim Donahue, they said that he, you know, he fixed some games, uh, but I want to take you back to the, the Kings Lakers during the game. When you seen all those calls going to Lakers way, what did it ever cross your mind? I don't even know who was ref, who was ref in the game, by the way. Um, did it ever cross your uh, mind? Bob Delaney, Bob Delaney. Go ahead. Uh, was, no, did it ever it cross your did. mind at all? It never. I mean, but when you what was the disparity? Was it like twenty-seven to five in, in, in free throws? What what was the disparity in, in that game? Yeah, the fourth quarter was horrible. It was Ted Bernhardt, Bob Delaney, and uh, Dick Pavetta. No, it never did cross my mind. Now a couple of things: Tim Donaghy didn't officiate any games in the Western Conference Finals. All right, so we need to put that clear. Uh, and uh, as far as fixing games. I don't believe he fixed games. I believe that he affected the uh, point spread of games. I don't believe he actually caused the team to win or caused the team to lose. But again, I believe that's the recollection of the uh, of what happened. Did I consciously think that while I was announcing the game with Gary Gerald? No, I did not. Well, were you courtside or when you called the Lakers game, were you guys up a little bit? I, I always hear no. a different story. I, you guys, were, where, where were you guys located at in that game? We were, we were sitting uh, courtside on the Lakers half of the floor. That's exactly where we were broadcasting from. Oh, I got you. And Grant, what was the mood? This is another kind of memory lane. And not to bring up, I just, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's great to talk to you because we can ask you about your opinion on things, but we can't get these little backstories. When you talked to Vladi, when that ball came out and got robbed, hit the Robert Horry, I, that was only Vladi's only option is to kind of hit it out. Has he ever talked to you about it? What you know about that play specifically? Uh, when it went to Big Shot Bob Rob, Big Shot Rob, whatever they call him, did he ever talk to yeah, you about he that? He was trying to get the ball away from the basket. Yeah, he talk, I've talked to him about it all the time. He was trying to get the ball away from the basket to prevent any chance of a putback rebound with Shaquille O'Neal and you know the athletic Kobe Bryant who drove to the lane. Uh, he was trying to get the ball away from the basket. He was trying to bat it away so that the time would run off and the game would be over. And instead. By happenstance, the only one that was on the perimeter was Robert Ory, and the ball ended up going right to him, as we know. He caught it and shot it in one motion, and the uh, game was over when the ball was in the air. You know, the it, it, and I was doing that game on radio, and it happened. I was on perfect line. As soon as the ball left his hand, I had an uh-oh feeling in my body because I was I was oh, wow. in, I was right wow. lined up with the shot, and I'm like, oh my god, uh, but. Oh, but man. That's, that was game four. And then game six, 
to this day, is still considered by many as the worst officiated game in NBA history. And there's no question that the Kings would have a, a NBA a, a Larry O'Brien trophy in wherever they have their suites at now. Correct. They, they would have beat the Nets without it, without no doubt about that. You're, you're sure about that? Easily. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Now, with everything said, you must remember that the Kings played all year to get home court advantage, and they had game seven at home, and they lost in overtime to the Lakers. They, they missed 14 free throws. They missed oh 14 free throws. Also, Chris Webber picked up a technical foul in the fourth quarter of a game seven in which the Lakers converted the free throw. So think about the little things. Missed 14 free throws and a technical foul in the fourth quarter. Well, thank you, Grant, for giving me that. One last thing, Grant, and I, and I appreciate you telling us because when you got uh, counseled out, you know, I was so pissed. But tell me, the minute you sent that, your, your tweet, what, what was the first inclination? Was it like five minutes later? Someone said, hey, Greg, you better watch out. Was it a half an hour? Was it two hours yes. later? What, what was the no, first it was a, No, it, it was uh, within five minutes. And then I'm like, okay. Oh, my goodness. And then I said, hey, by the way, and I, you know, all my tweets are there for public record, so people can go back and review them. And I said, hey, uh, apparently I've upset some people, and that was not my intent. And I apologize. This is how I was raised, and I was preached equality in my home growing up, and that's how I feel, and I really am sorry if I offended anybody. I put that right out on social media. So, you know, again, it's all there. You know, the one nice thing about social media, you can't change anything after you put it out. So it's all there for record, you know, and it's, it's all in black and white, no pun intended. There's no gray area. My tweets are there for everyone to see. Also, my tweets are there for everyone to see between the murder of George Floyd and the tweet on May 31st. All of my social media messages are still there for anyone that wants to go back and look at my tweets and my support for what was going on at that period of time in our country. Well, thank you, Greg. Hey, I hope you get a, I hope you win your suit. I'm, I'm rooting thank for you. you. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe you can get a Joe Thiesman on this year because I, you always just get him in Edgewood when you used to go to Tyler. So hopefully you can get him on and get over the NFL breakdown this year. Or maybe you can get to, well, I know you do Salisbury, but maybe you can do a podcast with Joe Thiesman. I know that he's a, he's a good friend of yours. You've always interviewed him. You guys have some great interviews, but uh, I'll be listening again, Grant. Thank yep. you, sir. Thank you, Antonio. Appreciate that. Good show today. Really have enjoyed uh, all the feedback and uh, some of the memories. So I'm always open to talk about these things. If I can't answer a question like I did a few weeks ago with Ryan, I'll just say I can't answer that. But if I can answer a question, I'm going to answer a question. All right, let's get to some more phone calls on this open forum Wednesday, and we say hi to Eli. Hi, Eli. Hey, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What's happening? Hey, did you ever have any data that um, anybody shared with you or anyone is able to find out about since the two years since you've been gone from radio and TV? Is there any ratings data to show like how how many people listen or watch since you left? Uh, as far as listening, it's been terrible. And I know that the uh, revenue has gone down, but I haven't really paid that much attention other than some things that have been shared with me here and there. But I haven't really done any studying on it as far as the Kings game go. I really have no idea. I haven't even I haven't even begun to look at that. 
Yeah, wow, that, that's crazy with the radio station. I mean, this is costing them so much money, not just with the litigation, but also with their listeners. And they're just, just too proud to admit they made a mistake or what. It just doesn't make any sense financially yeah. or more. Yeah, you'd have to ask the, you, yeah, you'd have to ask them. I can't speak for them, nor do I want to speak for them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's vindication for you in one way. So, I mean, at least hopefully that's some silver lining for you. It's not. Um, I appreciate you saying that, but it's not a silver lining for me. And I understand where you're going with that. Um, I know what I brought to that station for 26 years, obviously, you know, to be on one station for that long, I think speaks volumes. Uh, I had just incredible relationships with people in the community, both personal and business relationships. I had a lot of uh, sponsors that wanted to sponsor my show. Uh, I became friends with all of the businesses that sponsored my show. I, it was important to me. Uh, many of the sponsors, I would have monthly or bi-monthly lunches with them to ask them how their business was doing. Do you want me to do anything differently? Uh, a lot of these companies would end up sponsoring my golf tournament for the Future Foundation, and I was grateful for. So we had, a, I call it a partnership. I had phenomenal partnerships with businesses in Sacramento uh, that were extremely loyal to me. And I'm eternally grateful for that. It was a phenomenal ride that I had. Yeah, of course. So what else would you like to see happen aside from the, the lawsuit? Because I know that um, that's the big one. And, you know, assuming you win, um, what else would would you like to see happen? Like, what are some of the top few things that you would you would like to see if you could kind of control your future in that regard? You're talking about as it relates to what happened to me? Well, I'm talking about just moving forward, regardless of what happens with the suit, even even if you win the suit, like, what would you like your next steps to be? Um, assuming your name oh. is cleared and you're vindicated, you know, what is it that you would like to see afterwards? You're talking about from a career perspective, correct? Yeah, from a career perspective or even from a community perspective or even, you know, you mentioned you wanted to see some people apologize to you. I don't know if you're comfortable sharing who that might be. That's well, I mean, listen, I, Chris Weber lied uh, mm -hmm. once again uh, on his tweet, and that will be uh, proven to be factual, by the way. That will not just be from me, uh, it's going to be proven in a court of law with people under oath that Chris Weber lied when he made his tweet. Okay. It will not be just Grant Napier said Chris mm -hmm. Weber lied. It will be proven in a court of law that Chris Weber lied when he said what he said on his tweet. Okay. So that's going to be proven uh, with people under oath. That's first and foremost. Um, I want my name clear. Okay. I want my name vindicated. I want to be able to look back and just say, you know, what happened to me was wrong. We all know what happened to me was wrong, but I'm not, I'm not a vindictive person, but in this particular case, there are mm -hmm. certain things that must happen from my perspective to give me closure. I don't have closure on this yet. I want closure. And once I have closure, then perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, I can go off into the sunset without any ill feelings or ill will and just say, okay, you know what? I went through a bad period of time. The country was going through a bad period of time. We've now come through the backside. Certain things have been done. Certain people acknowledge that it was wrong. Certain people have apologized. And now we're able to oh, exhale and move on with our lives. That's what I would like. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, are you able to share what closure looks like? Other, I mean, the Chris Weber thing is a pretty good example. Well, I know, and again, I'm telling you, you this like... will not be 90%. This is not 95% or 98% or 99%. I'm telling you 100%. It will be proven under oath in a court of law that Chris Weber's tweet was a blatant lie. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't make this type of a comment if I wasn't 100% <laughs> certain. It will be proven under oath in a court of law that his tweet was a blatant lie, complete lie. So yeah, we can start right there. We can start right there. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I think most people <laughs> would agree that he, he lied about that. So yeah, that, that sounds good then. Do you know, um, how long do you think it'll take before this kind of moves? That's forward? a great question. I wish I could tell you, uh, I would like to know the answer to that as well. But as we sit here today, I don't, have that answer because it is out of my control yeah so it's just been kind of stagnant for yeah, a while it has been for about it's been stagnant for about uh since june it's been stagnant i'm hoping that there's some movement here in the very near future okay yeah that, that's good grant yeah i was just i guess i was just asking because winning the lawsuit is one thing and vindication might be yeah. separate from that you know yeah. there might be two different things and might require some extra stuff Yeah, listen so. and if i if i do happen to win a sizable amount of money i will be uh probably starting a new foundation or i will be taking a a good size of that amount of money to help out other people i've always tried to help out other people that's why i started my foundation so you know, if I'm in that position monetarily, then there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be happy because I'm going to be helping them out. That's awesome. That's great to make a difference in that way. You have so. to. I think okay. You have to. I think it's yeah. important. Hey, Eli, it's always good hearing from you. Uh, you take care and enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You take care as well. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move along. Why don't we get to uh, Jerry? He's next right here. Hello, Jerry. How are you today? I'm fine, Grant. Happy Wednesday to you, sir. Same to you, Jerry. Hey, Grant, let me ask you something. Uh, if Bonneville wanted to come out and just uh, give you like a, a settlement uh, and say that they were wrong, um, would you would you take that, Grant? I'm going to let my attorney deal with any talks along that line, and then he can confer with me. As of right now, uh, my mindset and my attorney's mindset is we want this case to be heard in a court of law with 12 jurors. We want to put this case into the hands of 12 jurors and whatever the jurors decide, we will then walk away from the court and go, okay, we accept their decision. So that's where our heads are at right now. And Grant, if this does go to court, which I'm pretty sure that it is, uh, would Chris Weber be called, do you know? I'll leave that up to my attorney. I will let him decide that. I can't speak for my attorney on who would be called and who would not, but um, I'll just try to use the words without uh, being a jerk, common sense, okay? Right, okay, well, Grant, Thank you, sir. And, you know, just like everybody, you know what, Grant, you know, we, you are loved in Sacramento and uh, uh, Thank you, nobody buddy. feels any kind of ill wellness towards you. I mean, hey, you know, you did, you know, Grant, I've told you this numerous times, you did nothing wrong. So, you know what, hey, you know what, uh, you have a good Thank day, you. okay? Jerry, take care. Thank you very much. You have a good day okay. as All well. Right, Grant. Thank you. All right, let's get to uh, John. Always good when we can talk to John here on Listen Up. Hey, John, how are you today? 
Grant, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Well, I just want to, you know, real quick, whenever this subject comes up, it just burns my ass, you know, because you got ripped off so damn bad out of this community, out of any community who's this happened, that this has happened to anybody. When this subject comes up, you know, my son and I work together and it just burns our ass. We're, we're sick of it. And we just hope to God that you are vindicated because that's what, that's what you need is vindication. And I know that seems, you know, almost like you said, it seems selfish, but you know what? It's mandatory. It needs to happen because it, if it doesn't happen yes, it does. to you, this is going to go on and happen. I mean, look last week, or was it earlier this week or this weekend? Um, oh, I forgot his name, but it, it was a statement that was made and it was taken out of context. It was absolutely taken out of context. So that it just burns my ass that you got burned like that. And man, I hope you get all the apologies that you want. And I know that some of them that come, they may be hollow, Grant. You know that as well as I, because people can freaking say anything, but saying things and meaning things are different. And that's why, you know, like we always say, actions speak louder than words. So I just hope that your attorney and everything does a great job for you. And hey, you deserve it, Grant. You deserve to come back. You deserve to be vindicated, man. Well, I appreciate it, John. You know, I appreciate your support. I appreciate everyone else's support. And uh, we take it one day at a time. You know what I mean, buddy? Hey, I do, man. And hey, man, what, everything I say, it comes from the ticker. You know, I don't write anything down. I'm just going, going by feel. And I feel you got ripped off and almost everybody in the community. I don't know anybody in the community who says, oh, no, nope, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. I don't know anybody. And I know a lot of people. You know what I mean? So, well, I appreciate right Yep. And I appreciate you're, the support, John. Right Thank you. Well, you're very welcome, Grant. And, man, Waggus is a freaking great caller. Yes, so is Antonio. Eli also. And we all know Ryan and Jeff and Jerry, too. Everybody's on your side, Grant. Everybody. Even people who don't call that are listening live. You've always got, you know, 125, 35, 40 people sometimes. We're all on your side, Grant. And, you know, keep fighting the good fight, buddy. Thank you, John. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Thanks very much. Bye, buddy. All right. All right. Okay, bye. Yep, be well. All right, let's move along. We get to uh, some more phone calls. It's been a really good open forum Wednesday, and we're going to uh, say hello to Jay. Jay, welcome to the program. How are you today? Hey, Grant, doing excellent. Hey, I, I, I just jumped on about 20 minutes ago, so I, mi I missed the beginning of the show, but this last 20 minutes have been great. I just, I, I love hearing, hearing the support. You know, as, uh, as hardcore sports fans, uh, sports fans by nature, we're just bonded to our team. You know, we're, we're the, through thick and thin with the, you with the Giants, us with the Kings, we're, we're bonded. And part of that bond in, in many cases is the announcers. You know, the hardcore Dodger fans, Vin Scully and the Dodgers are the same thing. And for all of us, Grant Napier and the Kings are the same thing. And, um, you know, it, it, it breaks our heart when – something happens that, did, that didn't need to happen and uh, that's 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 what you're hearing today in the outpour and you know uh, we all feel like you're you're the kings you're part of the kings and you not being there is really hard on us it's really hard on us to, to continue to enjoy our king fandom um, and look past the, the the egregious decisions and the chaos um, and you know, even though K, even though uh, uh, KHTK and uh, is the job of KHTK was different than your job with the Kings, 
to us, it was all one. You know, your radio show in the afternoon and your announcing the Kings, that was, that was, all, that was all one thing, and it was, it, was, it was mostly the Kings and you. you. You were as important to us as, you know, Vladi and the 2002 Kings. And so, you know, from, from, the, King, from, the, from the fan standpoint, we can't say thank you enough, and, and we all support every – thing you are doing and we we are going to all celebrate the day you get your vindication and you will get vindication what what that looks like it's hard to say but there will be vindication and you you'll have a a huge group of folks uh, uh cheering when that day comes well jay i appreciate your support i appreciate everyone else's support that's listening and people that reach out to me on social media or other avenues so uh, it means the world to me and uh, I'm grateful. That's all I can say. I'm really grateful. And I really appreciate you taking the time to call the show and uh, share your thoughts. Yeah. On, uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking, but I'm curious what your thought process is. You know, I totally understand that um, you can't be, you, you don't, you don't, you're not going to be part of following the Kings, but you're going to, you're going to relish in the Kings being successful for the fan standpoint, if that if that day does indeed come, but do you are, are you gravitating towards another another team to be a, a fan of or follow, or are you just going to be more no. gen, general? Generally speaking, uh, no, absolutely not. I'm not rooting for any other team uh, in any way, shape, or form. So that's a very good question. But no, I have not all of a sudden started rooting for another team uh, in the NBA. No, that is not the case. Yeah, that would, that would be hard. I would think that would, that would take some time to, to to have those feelings be such that like, wow, I'm I'm now bonded to this team. You know, after 30 years, it's hard to it would be hard to make that change. I, I totally I could tell this you where well, that would be. You know, I've got a good friend down here and he has season tickets for the Miami Heat. and He's got great seats. They're really like uh, they're in the club level and they're like third row off the floor. And uh, he's asked me, you know, several times and. I've told him each time, no, I'm, I, I don't want to go, but thank you very much. And he goes, come on, you need to go. It'll be good for you. I said, I have no interest in going to an NBA game. And I said, you know, just even the officials who I all know and all talk to, I mean, just being there and having an official see me and coming up to talk to them would be like really hard for me. And I still, to this day, text NBA officials and they text me and they check up on me and ask me how I'm doing. But even little things like that, you know, it's just um, so I haven't even gone to an NBA game and I have had the opportunity to go to any game I want down in South Florida uh, with this gentleman. And he continues to ask me and he keeps on saying, he goes, just so you know, I'm going to keep on asking you. And I've said, Hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I said, I don't mean to be rude, but my answer is going to keep on being no. And he goes, okay, but I'm going to keep on asking you. And I'm like, okay, you can ask me, but my answer is going to be no. So uh, that's where I'm at, you know? Yeah, we'll go. Well, may, well maybe, maybe someday the, the, the wounds will heal. And, and at least as a general fan, you'll, you'll, you'll be comfortable being back. But the time will be when the time is. Hey, on a separate, on a separate note, just food for thought as we approach football season here. Um, you have, I know you're not big into fantasy football, but do you have any thoughts of, of potentially having a fantasy football person on something like Listen App where um, for those of us that, that and I think a lot, of, a lot of the listeners do play fantasy football, might be able to have a, a back and forth question and answer session. Is that something you might be interested in? Yeah, I'd be open to it. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, you know, send names my way that they think might be good, I'll reach out to them. 
Uh, I've got a gentleman that I'm actually talking to in Vegas to do uh, betting lines once a week to have come on and talk about that. So I'm, um, I'm trying to wrap that up. So, yes, I would be all for that. Absolutely. All right. Well, that sounds good. Hey, man, thanks. Great Thank show. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Really uh, appreciate your support, Jay. Thank you so much. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, let's get to some more phone calls right here. Why don't we go north of the border to beautiful Calgary, Alberta, and we say hello to Bella. Bella, how are you today? I am okay. I have a, I'm sick. I have a sore throat. How are you? I'm good, and I'm not sick, but uh, I'm I'm happy that you at least can talk despite having your sore throat. So thank you very much. I know. I d- I'll keep it brief, but I just, you know, I listen to you as many nights as I can. But I've always wanted to ask you about the Kings and the lawsuit, and I didn't think, you know, maybe we're not allowed to ask, maybe, you know, obvious reasons. But I just wonder if you would actually have, like, an entire show about this because it's intriguing, and I don't give a shit about the Kings and I'm not surprised that you would not go back. Uh, when, who was it that asked if you would go back? Antonio? No. Wagus. Wagus? Wagus. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought before you answered, I was like, why, why would he ever attend a game? Why would he ever have anything to do with someone who, so I totally agree with you, but anyway, for a team for you to cheer for, how about we, the North? Scott Barnes, <laughs> yeah. undrafted Freddie Van Vliet. Like we have so much potential in Toronto. Why not cheer for the Raptors? Well, you know, I could cheer for the Raptors. I've always loved going up there. <laughs> it was one of my favorite cities to travel to. I love Toronto. Uh, I used to love it when I had an off night and the Leafs were playing and I could go to a hockey game the night before. That building is beautiful. Their fans are passionate. So, um, yeah, I could root for the Raptors potentially at some point. We the North. Yeah, why the hell not? But that, that's still the way. That's, yeah, Rico but that, yeah, Rico's there. That's a ways off He's right there. now. Okay. Well, when your heart's in it, I expect a couple of We the North hashtags on your Twitter account. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Right. Have hey, a, I'll I listen hope, to the rest. Thank you. Yes. All right. I hope you feel better. Take care. Thank you. It's that fourth booster, you know. <laughs> <Not paying it. laughs> All right, take care. <laughs> oh, my God, you're killing me. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a very good one. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move along here uh, to uh, Left Terrace. How are you? You're on with Grant Napier. Good to have you on the show today. What's going on? Hello, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh- Good. Um, I just want to talk about sometimes when I have discussions with my friends, 
about the all life models. And sometimes when I say all life models, that's what it means, all of them, all human beings model. And they're trying to tell me, you know, um, you said that you just minister by you of the black life. I said, wait a minute, this is this is just English. It's basically English. They say all life models. It doesn't say anything less than anything. But anyway, what I'm trying to tell them is by using that uh, thinking, that thought, what you're trying to do is like the phrase all life model is becoming like uh, black and white, like Okay, if you don't say all life matters, then uh, if you say black life matters, then you you're no racist. If you say all life matters, then you're racist. Uh, it's like what I mean. It's like you let the people who are actually racist to hijack this phrase all life matters to be them and them. You know what I'm saying? There's two categories over here. So that's what we have to try to refuse to let the phrase all life matters to be hijacked. But people who are thinking that by doing so, uh, you know, they're doing make they're, what I'm trying to say, they're doing the polarity between the two the group of people, racist and not racist. And uh, I, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say here. I understand what you're saying. I understand, but I'll answer it this way. I not only said all lives matter on social media, I put all lives matter every single one. Every single one, those three words are not really, you know, you can't interpret every single one any differently. I mean, it, it's, it's as plain as but you can you, be. You, you, but you didn't have to. You didn't have to say those three words. The all life matter, it, it means exactly what it means. It means all life matter. If you say every single one of them, it's more like clarification. More, uh, but for me, for my standpoint is, uh, why do you need to say that? It, it means what it means. I said it. I, I said it. I, I I said it almost as an emphasis, you know, so that it would yeah. be one hundred percent clear cut what I was trying to say. And you know, as far as black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, again, I think a lot has to do with how you were raised. I can't speak for you. I can't speak for anybody else that's listening currently on my listen app. I was raised in a household where my father actually did more for minorities than he did for white people. My dad's entire life was helping out people that were less privileged, regardless of their race, less fortunate. And in many instances, those people were minorities. And so in our family, we didn't really differentiate, you know, black, white, white, black. I wasn't really raised like that. When I say I wasn't really raised like that, I'm aware that people are different and we have different backgrounds. And as you grow and you get older, you learn more about history of people's ethnicities. But in my house, the way my dad raised us was that we treat everyone equally. That's how I was raised. I really, truly believe in equality. And I hate, and I've talked about this in the past, I hate putting people in groups. I hate when we hear about, well, gee, you know, these, and I got into it with Mark Spears, who I have the utmost respect for when he wrote a column about the 10 black assistant coaches that were at the top of the line to become head coaches. And I responded on social media. Why don't we just talk about 10 assistant coaches that are in line to become head coaches? Why do we have to put 10 black coaches? I hate putting people in groups. I hate it. I've never lived my life like that. And I'm always going to strive 
not to put people in groups based on their ethnicity, based on their religion, based on their sexuality. To me, people are people. We need to stop putting people in groups based on the color of their skin. I, thought, I totally agree with you. And that's why sometimes when I turn on the TV and I see that TV channel, black entertainment TV or uh, stuff like that, and I'm going, why do we need to uh, you know, categorize and go by uh, what's the race, the color? It doesn't matter. Well, humans, we should be all the same uh, channel. I mean, you don't have a specific channel for black entertainment TV. That's one example yeah. of I'm trying to bring. Um, the, so I basically was called to say that, you know, for me, when I say, I hear people say, oh, you see, if you say all black matters, you're racist. This is, this is what drives me nuts. I mean, it's, it's like, in what, what part of the sentence, I, they I indicate I'm racist. That's, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Anyway. I, I don't get it. Hey, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you taking no, the time. No problem. Hey, listen, race is a big problem in this country. Race is a racism, I should say, not race. Racism is a problem in the United States of America. It's a problem around the world, and it's never going to be eradicated. Now, we can all do better, but, you know, if we think that racism is just going to vanish from the face of the earth, you know, it's not. It's not. But we can all do better to make our neighborhoods better. But boy, oh boy, do we have a long way to go. As a matter of fact, I actually believe that we've taken big steps backwards the last few years. We haven't come together in this area. And I think when you have an incident at the Academy Awards where Will Smith gets up and slaps the face of Chris Rock, and then so many people with blue check marks go on social media and say, if you're white, sit this one out. No, I'm not going to sit it out. I saw what happened. I can have an opinion. And the inference was that because I'm a white man, or in some instances, a white woman, but because I'm a white man, I don't have an understanding of what Will Smith was doing when he went up and hit another black man. Yeah, bullshit. I have an opinion, and I'm going to give you my opinion. And I don't have to be black to see and understand what I saw. But yet on social media, there were those with the blue check marks, meaning they had been verified, telling the white race to sit this one out that our opinions were not valid. Really? And again, I you go back to a sports, uh, I go back to the sports world. When LeBron James picks and chooses, okay, his attacks on social media, which are always, always 100% in pro support of black people, but never, ever in support of other races, that to me divides the country. When you have an individual that has over 50 million followers on social media and he picks and chooses where he spews his words and it's always in the same area and never ever would it be in the defense of a white person, to me, that divides the country, okay? So I'll use that as a sports example. And I have given numerous examples of that, okay, on my podcast, on my rants, and right here on Listen App. And there are many, many more. The double standards in this country. Again, I'm going to go back to Draymond Green. Draymond Green, a couple of weeks ago, can call Kendrick Perkins a ugly, ugly slur, a racial slur. 
okay? Nothing happens to him. The league doesn't even come out and make a statement. Nothing. Days later, Draymond Green comes out and apologizes after he said he spoke with Joe Dumars and Commissioner Adam Silver and realized that what he said he should not have said. Can you imagine if a white player in the NBA had called Kendrick Perkins that word? Well, I already know what would happen because I saw Myers Leonard playing a video game on the internet and use a derogatory term towards a Jewish person. And guess what happened to him? He was suspended for a week. The league came out with a terse statement. He was subsequently traded to Oklahoma City, and then he was cut. He's not in the NBA. Same league, both derogatory terms, racial slurs, nothing at all happens to Draymond Green, not even a word, not a peep from the NBA, but because Myers Leonard is white, let's ruin his life, let's suspend him, let's make sure he's no longer in the league. You think that helps race relations? You think that helps bring people together in the United States and around the world? It does not. It divides people. And with Deshaun Jackson of the Philadelphia Eagles can make just despicable anti-Semitic comments like he did two years ago and nothing happens. Again, I can use example after example after example. Until we get rid of the double standards in this society, we are going to continue to have these mountains and mountains and mountains of problems, period. You allow double standards in the United States of America, you're going to continue to have all of the issues and all of the problems that we have. That's how I feel. What a great show today. I really appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate the support. And we'll do it again tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific. Again, I'm, I'm patting my chest with my hand that you can't see. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for your support, for everything. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of the day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.